Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Episode 49 of Manly Musings Podcast. Kevin is now taking a picture of my double chin. You you actually look great in this photo. You'll oh, see wow. it momentarily. Wow. I have the double chin in this one. I feel like I have one. I I just, I, yeah, well, that's another story. Um, but welcome back, guys. So last week we had a special guest on to start the NFL season. As you can see, if you're watching YouTube behind me, I have last night's Monday Night Football game on. Mainly because West Virginia grad Geno Smith balled out in the first half. Kind of, I guess, fell asleep in the second half. Only threw for 30 yards in the second half. Um, but, hey, Seattle won 17-16. to 16, Horrible clock management by the Broncos at the end of the game. We'll oh, touch yeah. on NFL after the first week. We'll touch on West Virginia. That's this week's episode, really. We're diving into straight football. So, buckle up. It should be a very interesting ride through uh, our West Virginia talks, to, to say the least, after uh, last week's game. Kevin, you were there. How? Uh, but let's put it this way. How was the atmosphere before the game? How were you feeling during the game? And I know you left because you and I were texting, and I made you feel. I felt like I made you feel bad in our group chat, so I felt very bad. Just, just um, so during the day, awesome. I mean, typical Morgantown day. I'll be honest. I did not see that it was going to forecast to rain. Yeah. Until I, I got down there. I checked last night. It was like 30% chance later on in the day. Then all of a sudden I'm in Morgantown. They're like, yeah, it's going to be about a 60% chance. And then there's a point in time where it's definitely going to rain. So I brought no sort of rain gear, no nothing. And neither did my parents and my parents' friends, for those that are listening. So I went to uh, see the game with my parents and one of their close friends. They've never been to West Virginia or a football game before. So we they decided to tag along with us. And it was a great time. They got to go ahead and tailgate. They we had a, I saw a couple of my friends. Shout out to all of my friends who let me hang out with them, let me interview them let my parents and I tailgate with them. Uh, my parents were super, super shy at first, to be truly honest. But I like they, the you know, picture you sent of them uh, just chilling over by, like, sitting down somewhere. That was yeah, a great picture. They were just sitting. They were like, you guys just need to sit down and eat. And they are like, all right. So they enjoyed some, like, tacos and, you know, tailgate food. So that was a lot of fun. They were enjoying the game. It then probably around the middle of, like, the second quarter, it started to rain. Mm -hmm. And then after halftime, it started to rain more. And, you know, right at that time when I left the game, the game was, I think, West Virginia up by a touchdown. Yeah. And, you know, so I had nothing to worry. So we were just on our way out just to get back to our car, go find a place to eat dinner, and we'd watch the rest of the game there. And... Yeah, and it started raining harder. So I will say this, because of the result of the game, I am okay with getting the hell out of there. Because yeah. I can only imagine I would have been a miserable piece of shit if I had to walk in the rain in that loss. Well, weren't you already miserable? Wet. You just added a little bit of misery to it. Yeah, it would. Yeah. that would literally, that would have been even worse because it, 
it wasn't just like the sprinkle rain. It was the hard, cold rain coming oh, down. You mean like the rain we got in New Jersey and New York today? This randomly this morning? Yeah, exactly. Dude, I walked out of the gym. All of a sudden, I was like, I can't see anything in front of me. It's a sheet of water. Yeah, it is terrible. And the gym was flooding. The women's bathroom started flooding. That is, I feel bad for the ladies. Yeah, I did too. I was like, oh, hopefully, thankfully all the lockers like are at least three inches up. But yeah, I was like, oh, that's that's not good, especially when you need to go in there. So, so it was overall, of course, Morgantown's always a great experience. But man, two weeks in a row driving down and having to drive back up without a win, that hurts. That's that a hurts. rough one. And, we'll, gonna... and I know we'll get more into West Virginia yeah. later on, but the, the trip was great. Good. My parents had fun. I think they want a plan to, like, instead of us going to tailgates, they want us to just tailgate ourselves with a grill and all that stuff. So yeah, I hope that... they decide that they want to do that because that would be super cool. Dude, Kevin, next year, if they want to come with us to the pit game, that's probably what we're going to do. We're going to have our own tailgate next year, 100%. I yes. love Leland. I know you'll listen to this. I love you. We'll combine tailgates because there'll be a, a massive amount of people at that game. We'll either going to combine a tailgate or someone's going to walk over to theirs and or something like that. We're going to make it happen. Because if be. anything, by that time, we are ready to be 100 episodes in. And I'll just be like interviewing people like on the way if we're still doing this. Who knows? Oh, I've, I've, the rate we're going, we'll probably still be doing this and let people, whoever want to listen, listen to us ramble. Yeah. Like usual. Um, all right, let's dive into the sports update here. Debo Samuel signed a nice new deal with the 49ers. Uh, oh, no, sorry. Wow. I wrote Debo Samuel. It is Davo Sweeney. Oh, my God. Oh, man. It's okay. It's all right. Da- Davo Sweeney of Clemson agreed to a 10-year $115 million deal. He is now officially getting paid over 10 million. I guess he was under 10 million in his uh, previous deal. Oh, so wow. good for him. He uh, He's definitely worth that money. Uh, if West Virginia somehow can fork out like $25 million more, maybe we can steal him. I don't know. It'd be great. I think it'd be I awesome. I mean, of course, of course it would <laughs> be great dream. to have a, dream. have a national champion as a head coach. But I like I, I like Dabo a lot. Good energy. Whenever yeah. you see him, he's uh he's definitely earned that money. Oh yeah, uh, by turning has. Clemson into the perennial powerhouse that they are. Uh, I know the last couple of years they've just kind of been the mid tier, but you know sooner or later he's gonna find that person. They're gonna make it happen. So, but shout out to him. He deserves that. I don't know if there's any stipulations to his deal. But I, I know is he like one of the highest paid coaches, or is there more people? Yeah, that he's get more? he's a high one of the higher paid. I still think uh, Nick Saban, um, Jimbo Fisher, and there's a few others I think that make more than him. Um, I think Ryan Day in Ohio State, as well as um, oh my gosh, Harbaugh up in Michigan. I think they all make more. Um, and I know Kirby Smart down in Georgia got a brand new deal too. So yeah, that national championship definitely helps. Yeah, yeah, getting a natty 
really helps keep you around too <laughs> for a long time. Oh yeah. Um, then we have from Sunday. Let's just eliminate the Cowboys from playoff contention at this point uh, after week one. Dak Prescott going down with a thumb injury, having surgery. So he's out six to eight weeks. Um, did you see the video of him walking off the field and what the Cowboy fans were doing? No. Someone was, they were throwing stuff at him. Like legit throwing popcorn and probably empty beer um, bottles and stuff. It's like, what are you doing? He got hurt. Like, you can't control that. You know, that's guys, why Dallas's fan base is ridiculous. Oh, and I know we probably have some people that are Dallas fans on here. I'm sorry. I think your fan base is trash. You can say Patriot fan base and the Steelers fan base is trash too. It's fine. We all have our own opinions. But you just pack up, get ready for next season at this point. Um, you're going to have to pay a lot of money in, in something for Jimmy G if that's the way you're going to go to get a new quarterback in there. So good luck, Dallas. Uh, you seem to need it at this point in time. They're Who's also, their backup going to be then with Dak in? Uh, I think did Will. Will, I think, resign with a practice squad. Yeah, Will Grizz, the practice squad quarterback. But he can be um, bumped up to um, the – Active, the main roster? The main roster for games. Let's see. Dallas Cowboys. Let's see the stats. No. Cooper uh, Cooper Rush. Who the hell is that? I don't know. He's a gingy. Cooper Rush. Good luck to you. It's going to yeah. be a hell of a year for you. You are definitely not going to be starting. There's no way. They're also the only team that did not score a touchdown. Oh, wow. Really? I saw that. And I was like, the Jets scored? Oh, the Jets did score a touchdown. I'm like, oh, gosh. Shout out to the Jets. Like, that's sad. That is sad. Yeah. It's really sad. It's okay. They're the Cowboys. I don't care. They're going to. I think. How they're... about them Cowboys? I know. They're losing. Um, back to college football, Nebraska finally decided to fire Scott Frost after a horrible five years of under him. The funny part is, is he's now owed $20 million, right? Something like that. Mm -hmm. They waited two more weeks. It would have been 7.5 million. That's two weeks. All you needed to do in I understand it's week two of the NF of the NCAA season. You want to make sure that you put your team up for success. I get that. It's a lot of money you just gave to a coach that's not going to be there anymore. Yeah, that's a lot. Like so, and it's like what would have been the difference of him being let go at the end of the season than like letting him go now like what had to have been the reason that they just needs just i can't do it anymore and like let them go because i think it's nebraska is has you know as kids and in college nebraska was a powerhouse for college football they were always 
a good team. Not great, but always good. And under Scott Frost, they have not had – I don't even know if they had a winning season under Scott Frost. Mm. And they – you know, he was a former quarterback there, so they, everyone loves him. He Every, came from uh, UCF, right? Uh, yes, he was down at UCF. I think when – was he down there when Blake was there? I feel like he was. Um, and he did well there, but then you come to a bigger stage, it's tough. Um, but then the interim head coach is the first ever black coach across – all sports at the University of Nebraska. Wow. Yeah. That's that's crazy. Yeah, especially this day and age. That kind of, you know, there's probably other schools that are out there that have never had a, you know, minority head coach uh, in certain sports or any in any sport. But it is crazy to think They've been around for over a hundred something years, and this is the first time they've ever had a black head coach in any aspect. So I hope he comes out and proves that he should be a head coach because give him the opportunity, maybe he'll succeed and the team will turn around. Never know. Um, do we know do we know his name? I can't remember, but he is, he was the wide receivers coach at LSU for four years. And then he's okay. been up in Nebraska since last season. Mickey, his second season. Mickey Joseph. Yep. Is the name. Yep. He used to be he, LSU's like a uh, coach. Yeah. But he was also a Nebraska quarterback, I believe is uh, from what I, I think what I saw earlier. Wow. Good for him. He's from yeah. new Orleans. He played. His first coaching job was at Tulane in '99. Good spot. Uh, Went to good school. Yeah. Uh, running backs coach, Louisiana Tech. Uh, the main one was from 2017 to 2021. He was at LSU. He was assistant coach for wide receivers and an assistant head coach. Yeah. So, so that's pretty awesome. So this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah. So hopefully he uh, can write the ship. Even even if he only wins three, four games, five games, you know, good for him. I kind of tip my hat to him for that. Um, We'll touch on this because it's the U.S. Open. It's one of the biggest things in the world. Um, The youngest number one player ever, Carlos... Alcaraz won the U.S. Open for the men's division. He was 19 years old. That's all I know about him. Apparently, he's really, really good at tennis. And that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to him. What's his name? Carlos Alcaraz. Carlos Alcaraz. All right. So Spanish tennis okay. player. 19 Number years one old. in the world. Singles player by the associate. She didn't have tennis professionals. Uh, let's see uh, everything about him. Let's see. Yeah, 19 years old. I'm looking at pictures of him. He looks disgustingly young. Great. Like, it is ridiculous. Is it, is it like when we were at West Virginia talking to Andrew and being like, wow, everyone around us right now is children? Yeah. 
That's literally he. He's right. He's looking super young. Well, let's see. Uh, so he won the U.S. Open because there's certain things they talked about. Dude, it doesn't uh, even look like he hit puberty yet. Yeah. So they talked about so Novak Djokovic's refusal to be vaccinated right. for COVID nineteen kept him out of this year's uh, tourney. Nadal's limited schedule because of a series of injuries. And that looks like the main thing. It's just timing was everything for this guy. But good for him. He's He could be a future star for tennis and killing it at 19 years old. That's not bad. Though, once those other two are right and figured out and everything, they'll probably retake that pretty quick. As yeah. Djokovic and or yeah, and Nadal are still the best players in the world. Oh yeah. So good for him. This was the biggest one that I saw that came up today. And we're gonna talk about the NFL shortly and the craziness of missed field goals. Well, this leads into the Colts deciding to release hot rod. Blankenship, Blankenship, rather, this afternoon. Yeah. He's been with the team for two years, played all, you know, his first full season. He was like 90-something percent, 80-something percent on his kicks. Last year, he only played in five games and with due to a hip injury. And he missed the game-winning field goal in the Texans-Colts game on Sunday. You know, the only report that I've seen, anything I've read is basically saying we are evaluating everyone. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. You gotta, you've got to do that. But you know, I, I get that. You don't have another kicker. They brought in two kickers for tryouts today and that was it. Like he's still one of the better kickers in the league at this point. He's going to get scooped up quickly. I would assume once he clears waivers. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he'll find a home rather quickly. But I think there's just what what is to say. I guess they're saying, as co- as a coach in an NFL, they're probably let him know, hey, if you're not doing the one thing we pay you to do, we're gonna get somebody that's gonna do it. Yeah, and this is a perfect example. We ask you to hit your field goals when we call you, call your number. You didn't do it. So we're going to go with someone else. And I don't know. I, I am just surprised of how quick it's literally just week one. I know. So that's what I think is most surprising is because they didn't give him a chance to redeem himself. Like, no, that's, and like, you could count on probably one hand how many, I think five kickers missed field goals this week. About maybe even, maybe Mc, even a little bit more. McPherson did. He's the best, one of the best kickers in the league. Yep, he missed against my Steelers. The Steelers kicker missed. Yeah. Um, last night the kicker from the Broncos missed. Yep. Blankenship uh, missed. Mm-hmm. And the Texans kicker missed. And somebody else got blocked. I thought they did. I can't remember who. I know you. Um. Oh gosh, I can't remember. Didn't didn't um the one from the Rams. I could have sworn yes. they got one. I think they did. Mad gay. So, like, so I mean, there's 
Yeah. Six right so, there. It ju- it just hasn't been a kicker's week. No. Week one. Unless you're so, a Chiefs player and you're know, Bucker gets hurt and then they have their safety go in and kick field goals and kick the uh kickoff. You see do that? They really have them do that? No way. Yeah, Reed. Um he's I think he's a cornerback or a safety for them. And during training camp, he just went out there and you know, used to be a kicker, a soccer player. So he went out and just drilled a 65-yard field goal. And they're like, oh, okay. Well, just in case anything ever happens, but hope and pray it doesn't because we have one of the better kickers, we have somebody that can do it. Well, Butker got hurt, and <laughs> Reed went in, drilled a field goal, and went down and booted a kickoff out of bat, like all the way through the end zone, and then played defense afterwards. Oh my God. Like that is the coolest thing in the world. That's a crazy story right there. Oh yeah. All right. Let's dive into this. The fun parts, Kevin, you have, I'm assuming a Troy Polamalu jersey on it. Yeah. It's my favorite jersey. So (laughs) that's jersey I expected you to wear last week. Yeah. I it's too, it was too hot. Yeah. It It was was very hot. hot. So you'll probably see me in football jerseys. For now, unless something else happens and stuff, but I will be repping, you know, any jerseys that I have. I have some hidden ones that I, I may have forgotten that I owned, but oh, this is probably one of my simple white jersey, simple Steelers away, black, white, gold. Can't go wrong. And you don't have a hat on this week. No, I decided uh, no hat this week. Didn't really feel like digging through and finding a hat. Happens um, to the best of us. But I am wearing a pretty sweet t-shirt today. Vantage Athletics. So it's a, something I follow on Instagram. And they mainly focus on doing wrestling attire, but also gym type of attire. And they dropped this, I guess you could say, athletic or college type swag. I was like, Kind of like it. It's cool with the rhino and all that. So I'll just get that. Why not? So I got that and then like four different stickers and stuff. So definitely it's a nice shirt too. So I'll be uh, definitely wearing it as much as I can. Um, I but yeah, it. so I got Kevin, you got any new cards? I'm assuming I'm, I'm going to go out there and say no, because you've been. Yeah, I've busy. been traveling the world right now. So I haven't had time to go look for any cards hurts my soul but it's okay it's it's keeping my pockets a little heavier that's that's true that is very true it's nice so, to have a little bit more in the pockets um can I, I do have to ask how is cabela's on the way home i would oh cabela's is always a joy because my they, they they my dad loves that crap like he's super outdoorsy he we he, he went home with two fishing rods and my mom ended up buying like two shirts and I'm like looking around, I'm like, is there anything that I should bring? I'm like, no, they know me. I'm not even gonna freaking wear it. So I'm gonna just take my footage. I was like, I, I have some footage on I saw the pictures. Yeah, I have some footage on hopefully our next little vlog that we're creating that Andrew is put it in together hopefully as we speak uh and i added some cabela's footage in there too so uh cabela's if you guys don't know 
It's a outdoorsman store. The one that I go to is in the middle of Pennsylvania. I forgot what the exit is. I think I want to say like exit 23 on like 81. But if you're in outdoors, hunting, you know, fishing, all that crazy stuff, this store is for you. You would probably be in here for hours. It's a math. It's massive. Yeah, we drove by it, and it was pretty funny when you're like, "Oh, my dad loves to stop there." Like, it's a mandatory stop whenever we go to West Virginia. Well, on that note, let's talk about the crap that we have seen on this field and the display from one game to another. Um. I can tell you that I was watching the game at my friend's house and I'm pretty sure every other, every third word out of my mouth was the F word. Um, yelling at the TV, yelling at the rest, yelling at the commentators because they were the worst commentators in the world. I heard Horrible. that the commentators were the worst. Dude. That's why it sucks being on ESPN plus sometimes because some of them just are just, really hard to listen to this guy was mad I mean, they showed them and this guy was massive and then he had a little little brunette uh with yeah, him. i heard he's like an offensive the guy was like an offensive lineman where i've never heard his name before but he's know. an offensive lineman so how many people actually know every offensive lineman that's ever played um yeah they were trash he was literally like oh look at Ken. i'm like can you stop because what you're saying right now is idiotic. Made no sense half the things he said. Um, but let's just talk about it. We went, you know, we we went up to pit. We lost on a horrible, we've all talked about a horrible play call uh, or non-play call by the offense and not going for it on fourth and two or three inches. Um, and then and, and, and we had a fluke happened and then we had a fluke it went right through ford wheaton's hands off his helmet and i was listening to the um the 304 podcast and they were talking about that and like you can't yep like like fans are so mad at ford wheaton like you guys understand ford wheaton put up over 150 yards receiving plus two touchdowns he kept us in the game he killed it donaldson killed it Donaldson last week against Kansas had another good game. Not as good as the pit game. That's okay. We don't need you to be at that good every game. We were still good. Like, what the heck? Um, I expected us to win that Kansas game. I expected to turn the TV off at halftime, not because we were losing, but because we were winning by so much that there was no point in watching it anymore. But defense didn't show up. They looked lackluster. They looked completely lost out there. What was it like in the stadium, Kevin? What, how was it there? I So the first half, it was it, – it felt like your typical West Virginia game. It was going to go back and forth. But you felt that we were going to ha- comfortably have this game in our hands, in our grasp. We were up by two touchdowns at one point. Yeah, all it, was of a sudden, 20, it was 21-7 at one point. Yeah, 21-7. And, like, the way they went down the first drive, 
I was like, oh, this is going to be cake. It, it was fantastic. Then, you know, Kansas got some stops. They started doing that, working that option run, which I think gave us a lot of problems. And I don't know if it was just, did they not realize that Kansas, like, was really going to let that that type of formation go if they were if they did focus on it as much because I just felt like watching them throughout the rest of the game it's like they were just getting killed by this yeah and it was like for some reason like they didn't have an answer no, normally it... when you watch them do you realize they're like all right you know you watch the game second half all right you're gonna make adjustments and fix it I felt like there was no adjustment made and the one of the biggest fears is that I always had from when we start the season is what is that secondary going to look like? And they were awful. They were getting killed. And that is the biggest fear that I've had because we made it a point to make sure that we recruited to go fix that problem. And it looks like that problem hasn't been fixed. So no. that is was one of the glaring things on my end. And then from what happened at the end, you, you shout out to the offense for fighting all the way to the end. JT Daniels, we know as a stud. Bryce Ford, Wheaton, and him together as a pairing, great together. But, you know, we didn't get the job done. First time since 1979 that we are starting 0-2. First time that we've lost to Kansas in a long time. It's, it's been maybe 2013. Yeah, I think. it's been nine years since we've lost to Kansas. Or that there's too many of these first, and that's not good. So, what I, you know, I know there's a lot of talk on the internet right now, and the message boards, the twitters, you know, like that that Neil Brown is probably on his hot seat. I'd say. I don't want to say he's on the hot seat, but I will definitely say the seat is a lot warmer than we expected during this time of year. I think we expected to come in and go at worst one, three and one in the first month. I'm scared we go one and three. I don't, it, I don't have no confidence in this defense. That defensive line is great, but if they don't show up, we're screwed. Well, I I'm more worried about the secondary because yeah. I don't know. And Woods is out again. He's out for the thousand game. He he didn't and play that last makes week. Me nervous, yeah, that makes me real nervous because he's one of your better backs that you you rely on back there. And now we're just relying on guys that we're relying on we, freshmen and sophomores. No, 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 we're relying on guys that haven't. They have college experience, but oh, they've yeah. never played at the FBS level. They played Group Five, cool. They played FCS, cool. They've never played Group 5 or especially Big 12 football right now. And I think a lot of them are starting to get a little more exposed than we'd like. Yeah. So with mm -hmm. that, that makes me nervous. Um, like, I'm pretty sure our offense can stay with any offense in the country. That I'm not worried about. This is the best quarterback we've had since World Wheeler. Yeah, since Greer came in, and it's getting um, wasted on shit. a defense that's not putting it together right now. Even though this should probably be their best defense, they've but they've all they come have. out and said this is the best defense we have seen. You know that we've had as a unit since Neil Brown's been here. Yeah, um, I 
watching the game, it was hard because, you know, I still think Neil Brown has too much of a say in what's going on with the offense. You know, we have our new offensive coordinator who's supposed to be a guru, I guess is what they call it, you know, whatever. He's supposed to be a mastermind for the offense. And he's proven he is very, very good at USC. You know, um, I don't know if he can still, if he's just calling the plays or sending him down to Neil and Neil's saying yes to it. I could have swore when they brought in Graham, it's supposed to be Graham calling the plays and Neil is not doing anything. I, so I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I can't blame, I can't assume or not assume that. I just know that we need to get results. Yeah, we keep we, we keep doing keep doing this. We keep playing not to lose. We're not playing to win. We're not we're playing not to lose. And it is what Neil Brown's been known for in his time at West Virginia. It's never to be cutthroat. The 304 podcast said it perfectly, and I totally agree. They go, Neil Brown is the best recruiter West Virginia's seen since Rich Rod. Great recruiter in Rich Rod. Bill Stewart was okay. Dana, god-awful recruiter for the most part. He got us some good talent, but that was it. Neil Brown has built something with his groups. And next year's team, you know, that's going to come in. It's going to be very young, but it could be a lot of fun to watch. They said he's that side of it. Dana had that cutthroat mentality. I'm going to go for a win every single game. I'm going to shove it down your throat. If you could combine the two of them, you've had the best coach out of everybody easily because they both have whoever, whatever they're strong at is a weakness for the other. So do I want, I don't want Dana ever again. That was, that was after that one year where he was very good. It was just a, well, I wouldn't um, say that about Dana. It's just a roller coaster of emotion. Just that, yeah, you would have teams that were really good, and then teams that are really bad, really bad, or it would be like, oh, they're good to a certain point, and then just it's a, too much of a roller coaster emotion. And Dana never really gave a shit about the state of West Virginia, which is no. his downfall. And but the thing with Neil Brown is, and which is why we're getting the highly touted recruits is he's built that culture of you know i want number one want to keep, keep the kids at home that are yeah. our top kids and has built a brand there that people have bought into now to buy into we need more results and right mm-hmm. now it is year four we are zero and two you are 17 and 20 17 and 20 which is the worst out of the last couple of coaches the- but at the same time right if you really maybe a different player or two, we could easily be talking right now that we're two and zero. Right, we could be talking that we are two and zero. I think if you come from the pit game with a win, it's a different team out there. Hundred ten percent different team out there against Kansas. The team riding a high. Um, or will- it could be them riding a low that like they played up all. We beat Pitt. Now uh, let's play against Kansas and. That's almost a little bit of what I saw from them this week. 
Like it's just especially that defense. They're, they're supposed to beat Kansas easily, but look what happened. It was weird watch, uh, weird watching it and watching when Kansas got down to the goal line near the end of the, I think it was the first half, and the defense just letting them. It looked like the defense just kind of opened the gate and let them walk right in. Like what yeah. are we doing? Like you've got to do something here. That and you no. Know, we texted Andrew Sunday. Andrew, welcome to what it's like to be a West Virginia fan. And he's like, this sucks. It does. But when we win, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. When we win, it is a good time. Um, I do have to say, watching the game on TV, they panned across the student section. And at this point, we're still tied with Kansas. And I understand the rain. like That does play into factor. But, dude, Kevin, the whole upper bowl was almost empty when during the game like getting closer to halftime in the middle of the third quarter where we're still close like it was like empty it was, no, crazy. It was pretty full in was there. it okay it was full when, in there. when they showed it up there it was empty. it was like nearly empty i think closer towards the fourth it was starting to get empty because the rain started to come down harder Okay. But I, I have a pen, even in one of my videos, in which if Andrew gets a video done eventually, you'll you'll see it. Are you just gonna but, keep throwing those snippets at him? But the hints? but the the student section was great. By Good. the time the game started, they were there. It just you know, it was a matter of bad rain coming down and the rain was horrible. Yeah. That's I didn't I didn't know it was raining until they like showed students and they were in ponchos. I was like, Oh, that's a crappy day in Morgantown. Um, but, all right, so what are, we're 0-2. I don't even say that we beat Towson because you don't know. We, we saw two low-tier teams or three low-tier teams last week beat the top, two top 10 teams. Um, so... I'm not going to put it past Towson. I still think we we should win. Um, but where do you think this team goes from here, Kevin? What, what do you think we're going to end up like? Well, number one, to just get this question out of the way, Neil Brown still has a job right now. Yes. I think he's still going to have a job for the rest of this season. If he loses this weekend to Towson, that will completely change. Yeah. But in my heart of hearts, I feel we will win Towson. And if we can continue to hold the Black Diamond Trophy and get that win over Virginia Tech, that could be the turning point of our season for a trending of upwards. And the nice part is week five, we play Texas, I think, after mm-hmm. Virginia Tech. Texas doesn't have their starting quarterback for next couple of weeks. Four to six weeks. Yeah. Screwed up his shoulder during the Alabama game. Yeah. Which Alabama should not have won that game. Let's just be straight up. Holy crap. They skirted that one out. Barely. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, but Texas is still a good team. So did you hear Nick Saban just a oh yeah? Yelling at his players the when they were the horns the, down. Don't do that. 
Yeah, running yeah. off across the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I that saw that. Awesome. That's a good bit. That's that's good. He understands like why. Like you barely won. You yeah. should have blown this team out. That's his mentality. Um, yeah, I think you know we'll touch on the Neil Brown coaching stuff here in a second. But with this team, if this defense can figure themselves out, you know, even if the secondary plays as well as it did against Pitt because it did play decently well against Pitt it wasn't great but we've never had a great secondary we've always had one decent player in the secondary or two but never a great secondary yeah. um, then I feel like we can write the shipping at least get to those six wins are they going to be easy wins? Hell no none of these games are going to be easy moving forward they're going to have to fight for it we're, it's going to come down to what team has more heart. And I think our offense is never going to give up on something. With JT back there, that kid does not want to lose. He is definitely one of those guys that's going to keep fighting. You can see it in his press reports, everything that you hear about this kid. He's the real deal. So let's not waste his talent. Because he's only here, what, for a year? Well, he could technically come back for a second year, but I just don't yeah. see him coming back for another year. This is technically his senior year. Yeah. Um, he's probably an NFL-style quarterback. You know, the way he slings the ball, he can move it. Um, man, Dallas could probably use him right now. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, and don't forget on defense – there's still a guy on that defensive line that is from West Virginia. Okay. That, you yeah. know, he just didn't I'm show pretty up. Sh- that he came back to make a statement with his team and for the school. Oh, can I so, just. So go ahead. That brings me to my last point about that overtime that we had against Kansas. Whoever number 12 is on the defense is the biggest moron. On that team, I don't say, know. I don't know what he did. It was third and like third and like fifteen for Kansas, and they threw it behind the line of scrimmage, and we brought them back five yards. He decked the quarterback after he threw it, drilled him, passing, um, roughing the passer, automatic first down. Guess what Kansas goes and does. Scores a touchdown. All you needed to do was not hit him. That's all you need to do. It wasn't even like a, he dove as he was throwing it. He literally threw the ball, and then the guy drilled him. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Right in front of the refs, like, there was no way that no one wasn't going to see it. It was ridiculous. I think that is... Taj Alston. Yes. I got that one right. Yes. For the defense. Yeah. yeah. He's supposed to be one of our better players, too, so he that's is. a shame. He's a very good player, but that just a moron move. Just spaced it out. Um, so I, ho- I really do hope we can, you know, there's guys on this team that deserve to, you know, Stills, JT. I'll give it to Ford Wheaton, too, because that kid is stuck through everything with this team. And Sam James, who everyone just loves to beat on, but he had a good game. 
And he's had a good year so far in his two, I feel like two he's games. He's been there forever. This is year four or five for him, I'm pretty yeah, sure. He's been there for so long. It's like graduate, man. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Well, probably will this year and we'll never see him again. But yeah, hopefully uh they don't waste the talents. So now you mentioned Neil Brown. Let's talk about this. If West Virginia is to move on from Neil Brown, say at the end of the year, okay, we get into the new year. Athletic Dersh in Lions sits down. There's an article I read that more donors are upset at him than Neil Brown. Well, they're upset at him because if you, I'm not sure if you know, but the buyout for Neil Brown is $16 million. It's $20 million this year. It's 16.9 next year. And then the third year, it's 12.9. And then the fourth year, it's 7.5. Yeah. So it is the stupidest contract. That's probably why they're mad at him because do we even have the money to fork over to like let him go like that? And so that's why I don't think that he's going to go anywhere right now. So I don't think we have the money to pay. So what I read is they said there was a couple of reports that the boosters have and like donors have already pulled together the money to pay him out. Okay. Problem is they can't, they then need to figure out how to pay the head coach, a new head coach. They can't find that money at this point. So you're sitting there. What do you do? If no Brown writes the ship, things work out. They figure their stuff out and they go on a big winning streak and they win six, seven games. You know what? Awesome. Okay, you saved your butt. You saved your butt for one more year. That's it. it you're on your seat is very red at this point in time. You need to go out the next year and improve. And that still doesn't guarantee that he stays after that. Even if he improves, it still doesn't guarantee anything. Um, so I read Voice of Morgantown, which I love to read these guys. They're, they're very passionate. They have a, they also have a good understanding of the sport and have background. Voice um, of Morgantown is one of the worst places to follow, though, truthfully. Oh, yeah. There. It has tons yeah. of stuff that's wrong anyway. Oh, my God, yeah. This, go ahead. This go one, ahead though, and... this one is an interesting one. This is about the head coaching search. If say we move on from Neil Brown. Okay. So first one is Sean Clark, who right now is the Appalachian state head coach. He's young. He's 47 downside. He has never had an, you know, high level school, never been a head coach of a high level school. So that's a downside. Um, But he has Appalachian state playing at a high level. They had a game that scored over 140 points with, UNC, they just beat Texas A&M. Okay. He's also from West Virginia. Nice poll there. Um, Chadwell from Coastal, same idea. No Power 5 experience, but at Coastal over the past three years, 24-3 and three record. Pretty good. Remember, he also beat – Coastal also beat BYU or barely – actually barely lost to BYU when he was start, was there. Then they drop into so those are like your favorites potentially to come over in their in their opinion, okay. Swing for the fences, Jimbo Fisher. Um, he's a native from West Virginia. Came out and basically said after the pit game, 
you know, they interviewed him. They were asking him, hey, would you ever consider coaching back in your home state? He said, home is home. I'd love to if that ever happened. But he's like, I'm very happy where I am. You know, have my team here. Um, apparently, they've from rumblings is A&M has been up and down. They've been good. I think they're a good team. I think should have been in the playoffs a couple of times, but that's two or, uh, two or four. This guy that every Morgantown and, uh, and West Virginia fan knows, Rich Rod, is always brought up whenever there's a head coaching search. Please do not do this, guys. Do not bring him back. There would be so many people that would be happy, but there's be probably a lot more that are mad about it. So let's not even go that way. Then you have their known commodities. Tony Gibson. We all know who Tony is. He was a former defensive coordinator for West Virginia. Now he's the defensive coordinator at NC State. Jamal Adep. Jamal Adai. Oh my gosh, I can't even say his name. He's super young. 38 years old. Was the number two recruiter um, for the country this year down in Miami. He has no head coach experience. Graham Harrell. He also literally stole, I don't know how many players from West Virginia to go right. to his new job. So he Did would he, be a no in my book. Didn't he? Didn't he? He was at Georgia because he stole our best cornerback and went to Georgia. He went to Georgia with him. Yeah, he Georgia stole Tyke Smith. Tyke Smith. He stole Tyke Smith to Georgia. And when he went to Miami, he got a key Mestador to transfer there along with. Uh, one of our other good young cornerbacks. So, yeah. screw Jamila Die because I can only imagine what he would do. He comes to West Virginia. He coaches for like half a year, gets a bigger deal from an SEC school, and then tries to literally just completely tear down the, the program. That's the only so, thing that I'm scared about. Continue is like, your other list. Enough um, about him. Graham Harrell is on there. I wouldn't say yes to him right now. He has no head coaching experience in this offense. Looks fantastic, but the team itself, lackluster. And then Jordan Leslie, who's the current defensive coordinator. After the showing in Kansas, against Kansas, hell no do I want you coaching my football team as a head coach. No way. Not at all. Um, so that's what the voice of Morgantown came up with. You know, like Kevin said, they're good to a degree. They have their own opinions. They aren't always correct on things that they say, but it's an interesting read to start the conversation of if Neil Brown were to be let go, you know, next year, at the end of this year, after next season, whatever it is, who would you want to see come in and to come in to replace him? For me, none of those names trigger me at all none nada not a single oh that sounds good no none of them sound good i don't like them um maybe i'm just trying to be a homer and just hope he writes the wrongs of what's going on right now but i'll say this you know i'm gonna still be loyal to my mountaineers through and through as i always am have to be but we just need we need results. We have been a patient enough of a fan base that we deserve them. 
but also the one of the things, so I listened to the Country Roads Confidential with those guys mm-hmm. from 24-7 Sports. And they talked about, even if you leave, if think about an hour, at least our lifetime. Yep. So uh, let's, we'll, we'll go back to when Rich Rod was here. Rich Rod was here. You know, everybody loved him. He was a local guy. He's from Morgantown. Great story. Cool. He leaves during, you know, signing day to go to Michigan. We put in Bill Stewart. Bill Stewart, he was an average. He was only getting to an eight and four team. But we always thought that we were more than that. So they cut him loose. But it wasn't a complicated cut and loose because we already had the coaching waiting. Yeah, but that was a that was the worst situation ever created by West Virginia. Why they did that? That we'll never know. They, everyone that is a Bill Stewart supporter, and I love Bill Stewart. I thought he was one of the nicest guys in the world. Um, I'll keep saying that, you know, that whole situation led to his passing away. Not a whole, not even a year later, um, because yeah. of that stress and everything. Yeah, yes, continue. But if you think about so Dana is hired and moved in as a head coach a year earlier than expected. Dana leaves pretty much when he was towards the end of a contract. He left after the New Year's, and Neil Brown filled the coaching vacancy within four days of it being opened. So this would be the first yes, four days. Wow. So this would be the first time if you're looking for a new head coach that this is going to be a much difficult situation. It puts the fan base in a really tricky situation because we don't know what's going to happen with the football team. It's something that we have never, ever, ever had to go through this type of coaching change. Right. Ever. So it's going to be very... It is not going to be an easy fix because you listed all those names. I could give two shits about any of them. (laughs) Jimbo Fisher was the one that stuck out to me, but I also don't want to stick like what we don't need to just stick to the West Virginia boy to come and coach us. You know, I feel like we are a better enough institution that we can get somebody else. I mean, ideally, you want somebody that's going to care about the state, but care about the university. You want somebody that cares about it like Neil Brown does. You know, Neil, every year since he's been here, has brought the team to a coal mine to show the team what they're playing for. I and mean, I'll, I if love I had that. to be honest, I don't even give a shit about that. Like, I'm just talking about, yes, <laughs> he does all that stuff. Sorry if my West Virginia fans are going to be mad about me saying that but it's more about the passion for the traditions of the university like you know we are the professional team in that state in west virginia the number one team there is the west virginia mountaineers not the marshall people in the in green nobody gives a shit about them other than their movie sorry the only people that care about them are the little not that big yeah, shout out to all the people, green people in Huntington. Yeah, Nobody cares. Stupid hurt. Like it's not like anybody else 
that can really like the only like Alabama, Alabama's their pro team. That's what it is for us in West Virginia. And whoever would be the coach there needs to understand that's what you're playing for. Yes, you can give them the whole coal mining and the people like listening to games while they're working. Yes, amazing story. It's the truth. Phenomenal. But at the same time, you need to be able to put a product on the field that's going to make the fans proud, your alumni proud, the students proud, and be able to brag like, yo, West Virginia, so-and-so in the rankings. I didn't know so far. Here's a little fun fact for you. Since Neil Brown has been coach, West Virginia has never been ranked. Wait, really? Not once. That's not season in during the season, he's never been ranked, which is a little terrifying to me. How That's is that really even? bad? Yeah. So I I I, I don't want to have Neil's head on a stick right now. I think he can write the ship. He just needs to make sure that the team is doing what they're supposed to. And because I just, truthfully, I think I just don't want to go through that type of tough coaching search because those coaching searches, they're not going to be, it's not going to be easy. We're not going to fix it in four days like we did when we brought in Neil Brown. It's going to take probably a couple months. And that's not going to be good because we're going to be so behind on recruiting. Yeah. That's so the only thing is if you, if, you decide to move on from Neil, you're going to do it in season. Like, you're not you think gonna, they're going to do it in season? Not I don't think, wait. no, no, I don't think this year. Like, I think he can write it. I really do. I, I like Neil Brown. I think he's a good coach. Would I like him to have a little bit more cojones and go for it and have that killer instinct at times. Yes. Is it him? No, it's not. So that's okay. Maybe Graham Harrell can kind of push him to get to that point. But I don't think they do it this year. I don't know if you're going to do it next year, like during the off season, unless the team is only wins one game, then if you if the team only wins one game, then yeah, guess what, your ass is gone. Like that that is straight up. Let's be honest. No one in West Virginia is going to be okay with that. Um, but say he writes the ship, and we win the bowl game, that saves him a little bit. But say we go in next year and we don't start, we start off like we did this year, zero and two, zero and three, whatever it is, which could happen because it's Penn State and Pitt. Penn Pitt. Two big games or two teams that we should be able to be pit next year. Pitt's going to lose a lot of stuff. We're losing some stuff. We're not going to lose as much. If we don't win those two games and, you know, go into the easy game and this doesn't look good, I think that's when you see the team, the university say, okay, we're done. We'll name it interim and we'll start a coaching search. I think that's the only way that saves you because you have somebody there that has been part of the team that has the offense, that has the defense, whatever you want to call it, and understands that. It then allows you a little bit more leg room to start bringing people in for the search. Like, okay, 
We're going to start talking to this guy. We're going to start talking to this guy. If that gets to that point, I don't want them to talk to anybody that has never been in a power five school. I don't want an Appalachian state head coach. I don't want a coastal Carolina head coach. I don't want any of that. I don't want it. Even if they went to BYU and said, Hey, you've been great. I don't want a BYU head coach. I want somebody that comes from SEC that comes from, you know, ACC, not the Pac-12 because Pac-12 is God awful. Um, Graham Harrell is good. <laughs> That's all we can take there. But like, or the big 10, if those teams, if we can grab somebody from those areas and bring them in and let them develop something, I'm cool with that. I'm not going to go through this again, though. I, I don't think the fan base would be able to survive going through another quote-unquote Neil Brown if we brought somebody in that has head coaching experience but not at a Big 12 or not a Big five, uh, Conference 5 level. I don't think the town would still be alive. I think it would burn. <laughs> Let's be honest. But I really do hope at the end of the day, I do hope Neil Brown can write the ship. Um, I know I was yelling profanities at him during the game and texting my friends saying he sucks and I want him gone, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's neither here nor there. That was in the middle of uh, yelling and being all upset. Yeah, I'm allowed to be. I was a fan. <laughs> but that's enough West Virginia. Let's talk a little bit about the NFL so week one ended last night, as you can see behind me with the Seattle Seahawks and Denver Broncos game on, like I mentioned earlier, Fred Boy Gino. Um, There's a few surprising games. Kevin, one was yours. Holy mother of God. That was ridiculous. Yeah. Honestly, I was kind of shocked too. When I was looking, I was like, wow. First pass, pick six. Let's get it. Dude, I watched that the end of that game because I was watching. I got Direct TV, the Sunday NFL Sunday ticket, um, mm-hmm. so I could watch Patriots games down here. Now there you go. Ah, yeah, uh, worth the thirty dollars a month for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely worth it. Hey, yeah, do what you got to do. I fully respect this decision. Um, so they got to the end of the game and like they were. I was watching it. Jamar Chase one had a catch that was unbelievable, though it was ruled incomplete because he had his toe just barely on the white. But he one-handed a ball and like palmed it like this and just curled it under. Yeah, like, it was beautiful. Um, Granny scored a touchdown anyway, but no one could hit a field goal uh, until overtime and Steelers won. Um, let's see, the Giants won, which is huge. Yep, somehow the Titans, Giants won. The Titans missed a game-winning field goal. Oh, yeah, that's who else missed a game-winning field goal. The Titans. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta oh, love there's it. seven. Um, the Vikings dismantled the Packers. Yeah, that one, Aaron Rodgers is going to be in a lot of trouble. Um, especially when the wide receivers for the Packers had less yards than one wide receiver for the Raiders did. Devontae Adams had 25 more receiving yards than all the Packer wide receivers combined. Granted, that's crazy. I'm, I'm pretty sure Lazard did not play. 
No, he didn't. He was out, and he's the number one. And he's I like him. He's a good. He's a good wide receiver. But, yeah. But looking at the rest of those games, you know, 49ers. number one, yeah, 49ers, eh, you know. They blew it. I love I love the celebration, though, for the Bears. And their cool. running back went down. Yeah, again. Yeah, I feel bad for Elijah Mitchell. He really liked trying out here, but he's got, he keeps getting hurt. What, this is year three, and he's never played a full season? I don't remember. I was it year three. I thought it's year two. Maybe it's year two. He's never in two years. He hasn't played a full season yet. Yeah, it's it's tough. I feel for him. Uh, but looking this... at those games, hold on, let me see. The Giants' first ever win in their season over since 2016, which I can account for because the Browns I've... did too. That's it's crazy. The Browns so, won. to the Giants. I'm going to be working the Giants game this weekend against the Panthers, so that would be really, tell, really fun to see if they can go 2-0. Tell me what uh, section you're going to be in, because my buddies are going to the game, so maybe I'll tell them to swing by. Uh, I'll let you know when I get to the game, because I don't know where I'm working yet, but normally it should be the 100 level. Okay. Fun times, fun times. But really, really, really excited for football season to be back. Yeah. Fantasy football currently went Three and zero this week. I went one and two, not so good. That's okay. It's only week one. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I, I have totally messed up and left Cream Hunt and Robbie Anderson on my bench, not thinking they would Ooh. actually go off, and they both went off. I went. I had Robbie Anderson left on my bench as well, but the the team that I had, uh, both of them had Cooper Cup on it, and he went off the first game. Yeah. So, yeah. um. My but defense yeah. went off the first game. I had 18 points because I had the Bills defense. Oh, yeah. I had a Bills defense for mine, too. I was Hold like, on, yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. Bad news I have a for question your... for you. Yes. What up? Well, if, if you were me, would you do this trade? Oh, we're going live. I would be receiving George Kittle, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Jeff Wilson, and I would be trading away Adam Thielen, and tight end Kyle Pitts. Who would you get again? I would get George Kittle. Juju no, Smith Kittle's Schuster, hurt. And Jeff Wilson Jr. Kittle's hurt. That's what I figured. That's what I thought. Yeah, no, no. And no, no, same no. with Juju Smith-Schuster. He's questionable. Yeah, no. Kittle Kittle didn't play at all on Sunday. Um. So, yeah, no way. Dude. Yeah. Go ahead. My, one team had... I have Kyler Murray and uh, Swift from the Lions. Shout out to he went off. Yeah. Jamar Chase went off. Anthony Gibson went off. And Pittman went off. Eesh. Yeah. So that team, that that team did really well. The other ones, yeah, not so much. It's okay. I'm Week hoping, one. I'm hoping Russell Wilson rebounds from his game last week. And beats the crap out of the Texans, but that's what I don't I, know. The Texans, beat I know, the Colts, which I get. Could you no, say? they tied. Yeah, they, they tied. tied. Sorry, they tied them. But like, the Colts are supposed to be really good. They have one of, arguably, the best running back in the NFL. And Jonathan Taylor did have a 
a great game fantasy wise because he's on my fantasy team. There you go. And Pittman, like I said, did very well. I think he's Matt Ryan's favorite target. Um, but the Steelers, they suffered a big loss, though, during that game. I know. TJ going to be out for, I believe, six weeks. Is it? I didn't I didn't even see anything. I, all I saw was he was getting a second and third opinion on his pectoral muscle. And if it's torn, he's out for the year. A lot of them have said it's a slight tear. But he can get back because it's a slight there within six weeks. The idealistic, depending on how bad the slight tear or where it is. Okay. So I'm hoping we can get J- uh, TJ back because he's crucial to that Steelers defense. But as I'm long as you're not playing t- against us, I'm cool with it. I mean, I'm not too, too worried. My guy, Minka Fitzpatrick, shout out to Old Bridge <sighs> legend out God. here. Uh, hey, it's not my fault you guys didn't draft him. But. Um, he's killing it for the Steelers. He's been gotten so many takeaways for them. So I'm hoping he takes that momentum. Keep them. Keep them. Oh. Sorry. Sorry. Right. My Patriots suck. Mustered only one Patriots. touchdown. One touchdown against the Miami Dolphins. Um, lost 20 to 7. Look at you. Yeah, it was not good. It was not good. Very, very bad. We don't even know who the offensive play caller is. Apparently it's Matt Patricia, but if it's really him, then God, (laughs) we just need to go find brand new coaches. I was talking to, I was talking to my wife because we're watching the game and I go, if this is what it's going to be like all year, I'm Robert Kraft. I'm going down to Bill Belichick and saying, Bill, go find some actual freaking offensive coaches. Not doing this. (laughs) <laughs> like you wanted to get better we got worse um, oh, yeah. and it might be that time too for Bill Belichick to potentially hang it up he's 70 he's going to be 71 um, it'll be interesting I don't know I, I, I'm i so used to Patriots being good like or great but I know that they're never going to be that good or great again they could mm-hmm. but doubtful um but this weekend, Kevin, our two teams go head to head. And I believe, is it in Pittsburgh? I believe so, yeah. I think it's in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited. NFL. It is in Pittsburgh, yeah. One o'clock Sunday. Yep. Yep. That would be fun. So exciting. Yes. And Patriots just added Ty Montgomery to the IR, so he's not going to play. Nice. Yeah, yeah, that means Kendrick Bourne will actually get some playing time besides two minutes, like two plays. And in those two plays, he had a 40-yard catch, which was beautiful. Amazing. Apparently, the rumor is that he's not in Bill Belichick's doghouse. He's in Matt Patricia's doghouse for being late to an offensive meeting during oh the second week of the preseason. Madness. Bro, he was your second best wide receiver last year. Do not keep him on the sidelines. Put him in the damn game. I don't but, know what to tell you. 
with that, we got to have a friendly wager, I think. Do you have any ideas? I have an idea. All right, what's your idea? Whoever wins just buys person lunch via Zelle. Or you could just order it for the person, have it delivered to them. That's going to be so much work for me. I'm just going to give you the money so you can pick out wherever you want. All right. I like that one. Loser pays for the other person's lunch one day. All right. Yes. Do we want to set a limit so that we're not spending a thousand dollars? I'll go. Let's go. The limit will be 25. Okay. I think that's a good one. All right. Yeah. I'm going to put it in there. Nice. I think and all fun. you and all you gotta do to know when it is, you'll we'll do it within the next two weeks. Within yeah. lunch will be within the next two weeks, and all we'll do is you just send a text message of the receipt, and then boom. Yeah, yeah. So we'll send it. Send the money via Zelle. We'll put in what it is meant for. Yes. And then once you do buy your lunch, to put a picture. Okay, I like that idea. Yeah, that'll be good. Um. Perfect. Kevin, that's that's everything I got. Did we miss anything? Did you have anything that you know may have popped up? Um, no. This is just gonna be a very exciting time for us because we're gonna have content to cover. Sports are out here. We're in the middle of baseball season, even though we don't really talk baseball. I know the Red Sox are playing your Yankees tonight. Three three right now. I did hear about that. Um football season's here. Um I we gotta figure out who we're going to get for guest on right now. A lot of good things happening. You know, speaking of the wrestling world, there's a lot of drama going on in the wrestling world that I know our guys from that have come on our wrestling podcast. have talked about, you know, we will see if what goes on the next couple of weeks, yeah. but we'll just stay tuned. I'm just happy that, you know, the main sports are back and at least for in my opinion, cultural ball and NFL. So we have content to talk about each week and we're going to just continue to take it from there. Yeah. I can't wait. We're getting to that point of the year again, where NFL college football, college basketball is right around the corner. And then right um, after them is, is NBA. You know what we totally forgot to say? What? Congratulations. Huggy bear. Man, oh, yeah. finally made it to the hall of fame. And that's awesome. He's got a, a day in uh, West Virginia named after him now. Yeah, September tenth is Bob Huggins Day, so everyone remember that. Yeah, fun times. I don't know if you ever saw so the details on his suit. Oh yeah, that was, was beautiful. All in the inside were all the teams that he coached at. Yep, and the different pictures. There's pictures of him like throughout his time his frame time of playing, frame. as well as coaching. Yeah. Um, but he looked great. He had the big WVU on this jacket, but also had the gold pendant. Yep. That was awesome. That, John, I mean, that he's a true WVU guy, true and true. Yeah. Well deserved to be finally been in that Hall of Fame. I'm just happy that we got him there. And that's what, you know, that was one of the things they talked about. Like, that was what was super disappointing about Saturday was that like this was supposed to be a huge celebration for the full state of West Virginia. First home game, yeah. coming back, Huggins in the Hall of Fame. But, you know, people have to, you know, 
Make that was sometimes. That was my takeaway from Saturday. I go, you know what? At least our coach went to the Hall of Fame. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, because they, during the halftime they played a his speech was going on, so they put it live. Oh, that's cool. In the crowd, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I love it. I'm I'm excited for him to be there. Um, well deserved. But with that, Kevin, I think we're good. I think that's all we got. Yeah. Is it outro time? I think it's your turn. It is outro time. Yes. Wow. And not gonna lie, probably in record time. It is 8:56, so not too too long. But yeah. we'll probably end up seeing the time later on. It was probably longer than expected. Last week's so, episode was longer than I expected it to be. Too. <laughs> well, yeah, we bullshitted a lot of that episode, but I digress. So, so outro time. For those that are watching on the YouTube, thank you for watching. Uh, you can follow us and watch us on YouTube at our page, the Manly Musings Podcast. Feel free to make sure you listen to us on all of the platforms. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Play. Even on Pandora. I need to find our podcast on Pandora because I would totally love to see what random episode pops up. But I'm gonna find it. Yes, right now. we're there. We also um have an Instagram that is heavily used by me. So please make sure you follow the Instagram, the Manly Musings Pod. You'll see all types of adventures and things that I like to post. Follow Merritt at his uh Instagram at Merritt underscore P. Follow me at KClavin624. And as you know, uh West Virginia great Geno Smith said, you know, they may have written me out, but I didn't write back. So we're not gonna write back if you write us out. So peace, love. And see y'all next week. See y'all.